0: Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, Gandalf, and also Matt and Nathan Van Horn, or should I say, um, yeah, what is it? N.W. Van Horn. <laughs> that's <Welcome>. right. <laughs> we're graced by your presence today.
1: How did y'all get that? Who did y'all talk to?
0: You. It was you. We were talking. About we talked how, about it last week. Uh, d- double initials means oh, that you've made it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so we we. So not only are you the uh, full last name guy, but you're also now the initials and last name. That's
1: hilarious. You honor me. Can I, hey, while we're honoring people, uh, we talked about this before recording. uh, Like, you're the sole producer of this show, and normally, friend of the podcast status is a Gandalf call to make. Like, I'm a... That is correct. I'm a lowly contributor, even if I'm known by my initials and last name. Uh, But I feel like Matt and I should both get a golden buzzer, like, that we can... (laughs) You know, we can press just to give someone that status. Like America's and I, Got Talent. Yeah, and I want to, I want to, I want to hit my golden buzzer today. Okay. Uh, a uh, a longtime super fan. He's listened to the entire show twice. Wow. Um Big. Yeah, but he he popped through. Uh, this is Jim Tidwell. Jim popped through Corinth last week. Not only did he take me to lunch, which is in a in and of itself enough for me to hit my golden buzzer. He also brought me this loaf of homemade sourdough bread, and brothers, y'all want to talk about some manna from heaven? This was good (laughs) stuff, and so I'm hitting my golden buzzer. uh, Excuse me, I'm hitting my golden buzzer uh, to make Jim Tidwell a friend of the podcast. I I I thought Jim brought y'all bread back in the
0: day. Did Jim bring us bread? I don't. If he did, Jim, if if you brought us bread, I did not get it. So because if not, this is awkward. Well, hey, before we get started, listener, I need you to do some work. I need you to like and subscribe to this show. We know, uh, like we talked about last week, we had a huge influx of people come in. But um, just like our normal audience, most of y'all are not subscribing. So please, please do that because you're going to bless yourself and get a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode. And you're also going to bless us by allowing the podcast to spread farther and farther through Recommendations on various platforms. So, if you just take a moment, hit like, hit subscribe. That helps us out an incredible amount. Yahtzee. So, with all that being said, um I believe we're bringing chapter twenty-two to a close today, right? Uh, at least I hope so. At least that's the plan, right? That's yeah. yeah. We've said
2: that before,
1: and there is a plan. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. There is a plan. Genesis
2: the, uh, twenty-two fifteen through the end of the chapter. At least that's what we, you know, talked about on the front.
0: Well, and, good. You guys have fun reading that. That's it. Because I I'm gonna like out, I said last time, I'm not reading.
1: I, I'm going to outkick the coverage to Matt, and I'm going to enjoy the rest of the sourdough bread. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Genesis uh, 22, verses 15 through the end of the chapter. As always, coming from the ESV and just reminding you what we've just witnessed in the story is we've just heard the name that... God will provide. That's been, you know, the name that's been given to God because God just provided the ram on Mount Moriah in place of Isaac. And now in verse 15, the angel of the Lord begins to speak to Abraham. It says, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord. Ooh. Ooh. We didn't talk about that beforehand. That's that's a shout back to Genesis 15. Because mm-hmm. you have done this. And Hebrews and, 6 for the record. Yes. Because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now, after these things, it was told to Abraham Behold, Milka also has borne children to your brother Nahor. Uz the firstborn, Uz his brother, Camuel the father of Aram, Kesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlef, and Bethuel. And Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight Milka bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose Name was Ruma, Bore, Tuba, Gaham, Tahash, and Maka. Can you imagine you, being the teacher at that elementary school calling
1: roll every day?
0: <laughs> can, yeah. can, can you imagine like being born the firstborn and your name is Uz, and then your brother is born and his name is Buzz? Uh, like, no, but but, be... but it's it's actually uh, it's oots and Boots, and he like those are long. Those are a Shurik. Yeah. Those
1: are a long. You and and that's like worse. <laughs> Yeah, but no, no, but I hear Oots and I think of the that northern brand of potato chips. And like, what did Boots ever do with his life? You know, what's his legacy? <laughs> There's Oots, the potato chip guy, and then Boots, his brother. Boots, <laughs> his firstborn. He,
0: Boots. He his can go brother. hang out. He can go hang out with Elie Azar in right. Damascus. <laughs> That's right. So uh right off the bat, right off the bat, I want to say I I like the uh I like, the fr- I like the phrase, by myself I have sworn, declares
2: the Lord. That just feels, that feels powerful. So it I is powerful. Phrase. And to Nathan's point in previous episodes over the last four or five, I don't know how many times he has said, and we have repeated for him, that this is one of his favorite chapters in the Bible. And to be honest, I mean, it's a high point. I mean, this is the high point of the Abrahamic story at least as it's recorded in Genesis. And what's amazing, and this is something else that Nathan's taught us to look for, of all the things, this massive high point in the story. All right, let's follow that up with the genealogy. And you're like, what? Yeah, but uh, but the genealogy is a
1: testament at the same time. Like, That's right. I, I love, because originally we were going to start today at uh, verse 20, heaven forbid we make too much progress and we rewound uh, to verse 15. But I'm so glad we did because there's so much in here that we haven't really talked about because we focused on the Isaac bit. Uh not well, not the Isaac bit, but the, you know, the the centrality of the uh, you know, the beloved son offered as yeah. sacrifice. Um but uh I, I love, you know, you commenting this is right after Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord mm-hmm. will provide. That's not only backward looking for what's already happened. That is very much forward looking because it's mm-hmm. right after that that the angel of the Lord speaks a second time That's and right. reiterates because you have not withheld your son from me. This is how I'm going to bless you. And and I I, I want to tag. I think again. These these genealogies are never just haphazardly put into the text. It's right mm. after talking about God providing that you have a genealogy. And what's the big name in that genealogy that we're supposed to walk away with? Rebecca. Rebecca. Like you in other words, Abraham's been in the picture since the end of Genesis 11. Could he even have a child? God's promises to Abraham hinge on having a child, right? Mm. And, and and we take a long meandering path to Abraham having a child. And then in the next chapter, hey, go up the mountain and kill your child. And right. God has a different plan, a faithful plan and a provisional plan for Abraham's child not to die. And the irony is God's been working in the story that we haven't seen because he's already got an heir. I mean, excuse me, he's already got a spouse, a bride lined up for that child.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Right I after Isaac the, is saved, Rebecca is introduced. I want to say the last time we've heard about this wing of the family, so to speak, is Genesis eleven. I, I think you're right. It's been a while. It's the this is the family of Terah. This is mm. Terah's children, Abraham's uh siblings. So yeah, it's it's been a while. And so it's kind of like <laughs> Abraham goes off to, you know, do this new thing, but meanwhile. You know, back on the family farm, God's still working providentially. And and in working (laughs) that through Abraham, all these folks are going to be blessed too. Can you
1: can you imagine uh you know Abraham and Isaac getting back and saying, Sarah, you'll never believe what happened on Mount Moriah? And she's like, Well, let me tell you about your cousin's oots and boots. Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, but Uh, Matt, Matt, uh, we we do have, uh, you are pointing this out. We do have some new language introduced in this passage.
2: Yeah. So there's a couple of things. There's new language. Um, and also just a couple things, if we're going to work through it like chronologically in the sense of the way it flows. If you look in verse 15, it says, by myself, I have sworn. When I ma- When I was reading, I was thinking about God walking through the animals alone, walking mm. through the sacrifices alone, because God could not swear by anything greater than himself. It was a one-sided promise. So obviously Abraham needs to walk in obedience and stuff like that. But the promise, the covenant, it's unconditional. It's one-sided. Um, So that made me think about Genesis 15 there. Um, Also, when you look at, I will surely bless you in verse 17, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. We've seen that we've already seen that but then another illustration is added as the sand that is on the seashore. this is the first time in the scripture that this illustration is used and it's going to be used over and over again but this is the first time this first first time the word sand is used in the Bible um so it's 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 adding yet another illustration, to explain the the magnitude of this promise and the amount of descendants that are going to be produced, and uh, for for the listener, in case you were curious, I looked it up.
0: There's a uh, seven point five sextillion grains of sand <laughs> on the planet Earth. Who so, really who really <laughs> counted all that sand? <laughs> yeah.
1: so, so, somewhere there's a really boring guy in a laboratory saying, "Eureka! I've done it." Seven point five. Sextillion (laughs) grains of sand. That's right. Like, there's, that's got to be an estimate with a give or take, you know, 500 billion.
2: Um, I don't know. Hey, Gandalf, I know you're into astronomy. 9,095 are the number of stars that you can see with the naked eye in the night sky. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 9,095. So to go with your illustration... If it's 6.5 sextillion, well, there's only, you know, 7 billion plus, appro- approaching 8 billion people on the earth today. Certainly there has not been 6.5 sextillion people. Um, well, that that's, you know, on, yeah, on the how, whole... How do, how do we whole, deal with this? Yeah, on the whole well, discrepancy yeah. thing,
1: you know, the stars in the sky... In our universe it's it's estimated we have 200 billion trillion stars which is 200 sextillion. So how do we reconcile 7.5 sextillion and 200 sextillion? That's man that's these are really big numbers. I feel like that's the point.
2: Yeah, or if you just went with what Abraham would have known about the sky, which is the stars that he could have seen. Of course he was in the northern hemisphere. So he's not seeing the southern hemisphere stars. So maybe we press the illustration too hard sometimes like i think one of the criticisms that i hear a lot of the bible is um requiring the bible to be literal when it's not being literal and using it as a reason to not believe or or playing some kind of game with the text of saying well hey uh, I think of like the harmony of the Gospels, like the resurrection appearances. Well, one says two angels. Another one says one angel. Another one says no angel. You know, what is it? I guess it's all been made up. Um, Well, that's not the way like to, those you don't over literalize those counts. It did literally happen.
1: Me- meanwhile, Abraham is standing there saying there's a whole lot of stars and a whole lot
2: of dirt. There's a whole mm. lot of stars. There's a whole lot of dirt. It, it really happened. And sometimes I think we try to play games with the text to cheap shot the Bible. Um, do, do you remember in Star Wars,
0: A Phantom Menace, where Anakin's supposed to be hiding while the battle happens and, and uh, Qui-Gon says, stay in that cockpit. And then oh, Anakin yeah. interp- he interprets that to me. Well, I should take this. Sh- I should take off in this ship. Clearly, yeah, not, the ship. Clearly not what was meant. Yeah. And he, and he justifies it by saying, he told me to stay in the cockpit. Right. Uh, by the way, way to
1: redeem the phantom menace with a posi- the positive <laughs> illustration in the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast.
0: Um, well, I also think about when Jesus said you you should forgive your brothers, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Mm. But nobody actually thinks that you limit that to 490.
1: No, but yeah. But I mean, to, yeah. At the same time, though, even forgiving 490 times is really hard. <laughs> that's right. You
0: yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like
1: Again, and, and I think that's the nature of it. Abraham is focusing on God being the God who sees to it, the God who provides, and we're dealing with one heir. Right. Like Abraham, Abraham has not, in his experience, has not scratched the surface of the offspring that God will provide. And I, and right. again, that's why I think that genealogy that gives us Rebecca is so important. Abraham, living his whole life centered around finding his heir, has seen a very small piece of the puzzle, and God already had the Rebecca piece. In the works, and it's not until after he affirms God's character with the Isaac incident that we see an introduction to Rebecca. And God's God's got the rest of the family tree worked out too, for the record. (laughs) Right.
2: Um. Hey, one of the thing in the next part it says, "And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies." This is is, what does that mean? This is a shout forward. This is a shout forward to. Well, Nathan, why don't you? uh, refresh us on what gate means. Like uh we, yeah, we so about-
1: most uh most ancient city states or cities in general um were built on mounds, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Uh because it's harder to attack uphill and then a, on the incline of that mound, they would have a city gate because the incline of the mound would make the gate feel even I mean ha- the, make the wall feel even higher than it was. That's right. Um, and then the entrance to the city would be guarded by a gate. So the, the gate is a defensive thing. It is it is the people of that city saying who's allowed in and who's allowed out. This is, you know, back when we looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, we talked about Lot having a dwelling place inside the city wall.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That means that he's not only been allowed in, that means he's an insider. <laughs> That's right. Um and so uh, this is this is very uh, significant because one of the things that will be said going forward, Matt, we talked about it in Deuteronomy. A lot of people will be maybe more familiar with Joshua. Yeah. Um, uh, at the end of Joshua, when when God has brought them in, you know, because God promised Abraham not only a people, He promised him a place. Um, and at the end of Joshua, Joshua twenty four one through fifteen is is focusing on God delivering on those promises, and part of that is. Hey, not only do you have this vast multitude of people, I gave you cities to live in that you did not build, and vineyards to eat from that you did not plant. Mm. Um, they, like the gate, the defensive thing that that was supposed to keep outsiders out, could not stop God from bringing them in. Um, right. I, uh, not to get too preachy, but it turns me to the New Testament with uh, you know the Jesus at the retreat at Caesarea Philippi. Uh, it's found in a couple of passages. I'll, I'll quote from Matthew 16. The who do the people say that I am? You know, prophet, mm-hmm. Elijah, John the Baptist. Who do you say that I am? Uh, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, the rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church. And what does he promise Peter? The gates of the, hell. Oh, yeah. Not... The, uh, yeah. The gates okay. of hell. And, and, and a lot of times we hear that passage and we think about the devil being on the attack, but gates are not offensive. Gates are defensive. He's saying Satan won't be able to keep you out of his territory any more than the Canaanites could keep Abraham's descendants out of theirs. Hmm. Um, That, that changes the way we read that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about it like but, that. But it's, it's imagery
2: that I think is rooted in this language. And oh. just like that, Nathan became a post-millennialist.
1: Oh, f- first of all, no. Um, I, know, I know that. <laughs> and just like that, we lost a fourth of our listeners. Um, yeah,
2: that's right.
1: No, David you know, is not a post-millennialist, uh, and I'm not. I'm not casting shade on those who are. Sure. Well, I didn't. I didn't anticipate commenting on Revelation. Um, I'm watching our subscriber numbers go down. that's right, <laughs> plummeting in real time. I, I, I will say this, since we brought up Revelation. Uh, like jokingly, several years ago, I was talking eschatology because I was a seminary student and that's what they do. Um, I was talking eschatology with something and everyone's like, so eager to outline their position because everyone finally understands it better than everyone else. Right. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, we're talking about millennial positions and he says, I'm a pan millennialist and I'm thinking heretic. <laughs> uh, but he, he was just being tongue in cheek. He said, I believe that God's promises are good and it's all going to pan out in the end. And I was like, yeah. okay, brother, I see you. <laughs> um, uh, but, but let me just say this about the whole millennial discussion. Uh, just something to chew on, uh, cause I'm not putting my cards on the table today. <laughs> here's, here's something to chew on in the whole millennial discussion. The word occurs five times across six verses in one passage in the entire new Testament. Yep. We hang a whole lot of meat on the word millennium. Yeah. Uh, very true. Anyway, food, food for thought, man, man, <laughs> manna to eat. Uh, yeah. Time for Heretic. another bite of sourdough. <laughs> Time I've for heard what mind. I needed to hear.
2: I'm not <laughs> listening <laughs> my, to the
1: podcast uh, anymore. Lord, Lord, open the King of Eng- England's eyes. Right? Yeah, um,
0: I can't wait till our great grandchildren are going to get to Revelation. <laughs> that's that's going to be uh, good. Um, as as the sand on the seashore, so is the number of generations required
1: to finish <laughs> the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Um, uh, uh, Matt, who was it telling you recently? Um, that we need to do, uh, we need to do Revelation because we're obviously not going to get there in our lifetime otherwise. Oh,
2: um, it was, uh, actually, it was last night at the Parkgate uh, oh Pregnancy oh, gotcha, Center gotcha. Uh, banquet. And Well, that uh, that brother was that spot on that, the money. Yeah, and uh, he has actually binge listened since December. <laughs> he's listened to, I think he's on episode 109, uh, and he said uh, it was my company in the deer stand. So he's... Uh, Nice. A very, very faithful listener. I tell you one of the things that, oh, and speaking of, I I will say this, and just as a shout out to uh, the ministry of somebody that's blessed me a lot, is Michael Heiser in the Naked Bible podcast last year just wrapped up a, really a study on the book of Revelation and how... You can find the rest of the Bible in Revelation. It's less about a study of eschatology and more about how Revelation is riffing off the rest of the Bible. And if we, it's are it is able, it is the it is the most densely elusive book in the entire Bible. Yes,
1: there. If
2: I'm remembering correctly, not there not no, elusive, elusive. Yes, there are no direct sure. quotes of the older New Testament found in. Uh, the book of Revelation. But I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's like 234 or 240 illusions. It's it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Man. It's crazy high. But uh, anyway, Michael Heiser did a great study on connecting the dots in Revelation to other parts of the Bible. And if we ever do Revelation, that's the way I would like to do that. All that to say, yesterday, uh, Dr. Heiser passed away. Uh, I don't know if you all saw that. I
1: did not hear that.
2: No, I didn't see that. Dr. Heiser passed away. I knew that he was in the late stages of uh, pancreatic cancer. Yes. And so he was very instrumental in helping me process uh, theology after after my son Judah died. I I got to meet Dr. Heiser a couple of times, and um, he is very much a Bible scholar, but he was so pastoral and kind as he, I, we were at a conference and he wanted to know about my life when I got a chance to talk to him and I sh- started sharing with him uh, what had happened, losing my son. Well, he found me later in the conference and pulled me aside and he just said, Hey, I've been thinking about what you shared with me, you know, yesterday about the loss of your son. And man, it, it was just, I've really been blessed by his writings. I have to say that his book, the unseen realm has been the, greatest paradigm shift in my understanding of the Bible um, that I have experienced uh, in reading the Bible since I think I've been a Christian. Like, um, it's the the paradigm shift of realizing that Jesus is alive and the Bible is true is the largest one. But, you know, short of that, Dr. Heiser has helped me tremendously to read the Bible. And it's it's hard to imagine the world without him. But, you know, mm. as a friend told me yesterday, he is now a member of the unseen world. So, mm. hey Amen. yes, I had not heard that. Thank you for sharing that, man. Um, mm. But in all of these dots. We're a dot connecting podcast, and that's, you know, you can see it on our logo or at least our Spotify logo. One, one apple, day, Apple that, stop. That's stop <laughs> Apple. Yeah, that's and right. and
1: now we're back on brand. Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: Um, but there, but there are other dots here that just get drawn. You've got going back to Genesis eleven, you Genesis fifteen, Genesis seventeen. Jump into the New Testament. You know, Deuteronomy six, Deuteronomy tw- or Joshua twenty four. It's it's just a Nathan. You said something pre recording. You gave a a talk yesterday at Blue Mountain uh, Christian University, and you what were... a gracious bunch, by the way, gracious yes. bunch. They
1: like I, I came, I came out of the people. building, and there was something on my windshield, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've parked illegally, and I've got a ticket." And it was an encouraging card. Yeah, what a
2: gracious bunch. But the thing you said before the podcast or our recording today of how the podcast has helped you not only connect connect dots, but help you in communicating that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the podcast is a blessing
1: to me. Uh, uh, you know, you know what I, I want to, this will be my last thought. Um, and y'all can say whatever's on y'all's hearts or minds. Um, uh, we've talked a lot. I don't want to overplay this point. Um, but we've talked a lot, Matt, even way more off the podcast, uh, about the Abraham family being the solution to at the Adam family, right? Not the Adams family, right? The Adam family um right. and 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 the parallels uh, juxtaposition of eden with mariah right mm. um when adam and his family sinned there should have been death but god provided life right after god finishes the judgment adam names his wife eve the mother of all living um mm. and uh god and god provides life it's it's interesting you have um This should have, Moriah should have been a mountain of death. (laughs) Mm. And instead, it's a, it's a mountain where God once again provides and he's got, it's, it's just like Genesis three has the, you know, the proto evangelion, the, the crushing of the serpent's head looking forward. You have that in here too. The big juxtaposition though, for me, and I don't want to overplay this is with Adam, it's remember you are dust. It Mm. captures, Mm. it captures our mortality. Right with abraham its your offspring is like sand <laughs> right it captures it captures the scope of god's promises and that i don't want to overplay that but that does speak to my heart just
2: a little bit um mm-hmm. and not so. just sand but stars too yeah the, the, uh-huh. they're they're your offspring and at but least my, as jewish interpreters are going to become something something like the stars in the sense of and and that's not to um, overplay that, but uh, that the creation longs for the sons of God to be revealed. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think of uh, Paul in Philippians 2. Uh, the Daniel 12 uses uh, star language for the righteous will shine in the vast expanse like stars in the heavens. Um, uh, Philippians 2, Paul pulls on that, and I think that Genesis promises well to say, uh, crooked of God in the midst of a uh, I mean excuse me, children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine like stars
2: uh, right? Can I um, provide a closing thought here? please do so yes. my closing thought is this is today, uh, I was a little late coming into the office because I had roofers show up at my house because we we're getting a new roof because of damage on our previous roof. and the adjuster that I met for that process I I met this guy, and the first thing that he told me was that he was an extra in the movie Gods and Generals. And I remember that movie. I like Civil War history and stuff like that. I've seen Gettysburg, Gods and Generals, and um, other things like that. And it it surprised me a little bit (laughs) that how passionate he was about being an extra, at least initially. But then the more I talked to him the more interested I got, he's recalling intimate conversations with these actors that he had 20 plus years ago. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy is so proud of this moment. He even pulled out the sound CD soundtrack and showed me his picture on the CD soundtrack. He was carrying the flag in one of the pictures and he was. this was his moment. And Nathan, you reminded us, as I was recalling that story earlier, you reminded us before the podcast. That's what genealogies are. <laughs> it, it seems like such a small part here at the end that, oh yeah, and this is where Rebecca came from. And all these other people are just extras, right? Yeah, but these extras communicate something that communicates God's faithfulness in a massive, massive way. I just think that's cool. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. And uh, the better the story, the more overwhelmed with gratitude you are to have even the smallest of parts in it. Amen to mm-hmm. that. that which, brings us fu- which brings us full circle to the brother of the famous Chips guy, Boots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All Here's right, boots. I- I'm going to stop talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, listener, if you'd like to play a small role in a bigger story, then I would invite you to uh, join the thousands who have liked and subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast, And you can play a small part in spreading the podcast even farther and enrich your own life in the sense that you'll get a notification every Tuesday morning. And if you're feeling extra bold, a little spicy, then maybe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a message on our website, Better Than Fiction, BiblePodcast.com. And if you leave enough of them and you listen enough and you give enough feedback, maybe one day you too can become a friend of the show and join the upper echelons of the select few. Matt Matt but. still has his golden buzzer. <laughs> you, you get one per <laughs> season. Oh, one per season. That's, um, oh, yay. <laughs> but until then, uh, you guys have a great week.
2: All right. See you next time. Shalom. Hey, Gandalf, just a, a heads up. My three youngest children sat with me the entire time. Took us two days in a row, and we watched Lord of the Rings extended edition on Fellowship and Two Towers.